Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Wikipedia page for Great Molasses Flood, Part 1 of 2. Welcome to Wikilesson, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. And I'm Victor Vernado, KSN, reminding everybody to subscribe. That's right, everybody. Subscribe, or else the molasses will come for you. So, here's what I want to know. Was the Great Molasses Flood inspiration for the movie The Blob? That is a great question. I feel like it's kind of a stretch, but maybe you're onto something. I don't know. I mean, because I feel like in the movie, The Blob, The Blob was like, got really big and was just like going around the city. Well, I guess we'll find out. I guess I also haven't watched it since like 2001. Great Molasses Flood. The Great Molasses Flood, also known as the Boston Molasses Disaster, was a disaster that occurred on Wednesday, January 15, 1919, in the North End neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. A large storage tank was filled with 2.3 million U.S. gallons, 8,700 cubic meters, of molasses, weighing approximately 13,000 short tons, 12,000 metric tons, burst, and the resultant wave of molasses rushed through the streets at an estimated 35 miles per hour, 56 kilometers per hour, killing 21 people and injuring 150. The event entered local folklore and residents reported for decades afterwards that the area still smelled of molasses on hot summer days. Oh. Yeah. Blood. Molasses can be fermented to produce ethanol, the active ingredient in alcoholic beverages, and a key component in munitions. 
I didn't know that. The disaster occurred at the Purity Distilling Company facility at 529 Commercial Street near Keeney Square. A considerable amount of molasses had been stored there by the company, which used the Harborside Commercial Street tank to offload molasses from ships and store it for later transfer by pipeline to the Purity Ethanol plant situated between Willow Street and Evertees Way in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The molasses tank stood 50 feet 15 meters tall and 90 feet 27 meters in diameter and contained as much as 2.3 million U.S. gallons, 8,700 meters cubed. On January 15, 1919, temperatures in Boston had risen above 40 degrees Fahrenheit, 4 degrees Celsius, climbing rapidly from the frigid temperatures of the preceding days. And the previous day, a ship had delivered a fresh load of molasses, which had been warmed to reduce its viscosity for transfer. Possibly due to the thermal expansion of the older, colder molasses already inside the tank, the tank burst open and collapsed at approximately 12.30 p.m. Witnesses reported that they felt the ground shake and heard a roar as it collapsed, a long rumble similar to the passing of an elevated train. Others reported a tremendous crashing, a deep growling, a thunderclap-like bang, and a sound like a machine gun as the rivets shot out of the tank. Oh no, so <laughs> uh, this is 1919, I guess, where, you know, just like the idea of well, like what happens to chemical substances when you heat them wasn't widespread, I guess. You know, because, I guess. Because, yeah. you know, elements expand. That's true. Did they not know that back then? I mean, I'm sure some people knew that, but it was mm -hmm. 1919. So, like, I'm sure people at, you know, universities knew that, but you couldn't just Google it. So, like, the common man probably didn't know. I have no idea what life is like without Google. That must have sucked. Well, I was alive before Google, and I can <laughs> that report... That must have sucked. I can report that life was pretty fun. Oh. Because you didn't know how crazy things were in the whole world. Because the information didn't flow as easily. Oh. Well, thanks for telling me I never had any childhood innocence. That's not what I said. But I'm, I'm surprised that's what you got from that. The density of molasses is about 1.4 metric tons per cubic meter, 12 pounds per U.S. gallon. 40% more dense than water, resulting in the molasses having a great deal of potential energy. The collapse translated this energy into a wave of molasses, 25 feet, 8 meters high at its peak, moving at 35 miles per hour, 56 kilometers per hour. The wave was of sufficient force to drive steel panels of the burst tank against the girders of the adjacent Boston Elevated Railway's Atlantic Avenue structure, and tip a streetcar momentarily off the L's tracks. Stephen Puleo describes how nearby buildings were swept off their foundations and crushed. Several blocks were flooded to a depth of 2 to 3 feet, 60 to 90 centimeters. Puleo quotes a Boston Post report. Molasses, waist deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled a form, whether it was animal or human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Oh my god, that That's sucks. awful. <laughs> yeah. The Boston Globe reported that people were picked up by a rush of air and hurled many feet. 
Others had debris hurled at them from the rush of sweet-smelling air. A truck was picked up and hurled into Boston Harbor. After the initial wave, the molasses became viscous, exacerbated by the cold temperatures, trapping those caught in the wave and making it even more difficult to rescue them. About 150 people were injured and 21 people and several horses were killed. Some were crushed and drowned by the molasses or by the debris that it carried within. The wounded included people, horses, and dogs. Coughing fits became one of the most common ailments after the initial blast. Edwards Park wrote of one child's experience in a 1983 article for Smithsonian. Quote, Anthony DeStacio, walking homeward with his sisters from the Michelangelo school, was picked up by the wave and carried tumbling on its crest, almost as though he were surfing. Then he grounded and the molasses rolled him like a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother call his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering goo. He passed out, then opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you recover from how intense this episode actually is. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Now that we know what happened, let's find out about the aftermath. Oh, I'm not good at math. Aftermath. First to the scene were 116 cadets under the direction of Lieutenant Commander H.J. Copeland from USS Nantucket, a training ship of the Massachusetts Nautical School, now the Massachusetts Maritime Academy, that was docked nearby at the playground pier. The cadets ran several blocks toward the accident and entered into the knee-deep flood of molasses to pull out the survivors, while others worked to keep curious onlookers from getting in the way of the rescuers. The Boston Police, Red Cross, Army, and Navy personnel soon arrived. Some nurses from the Red Cross dived into the molasses, while others tended to the injured, keeping them warm and feeding the exhausted workers. Many of these people worked through the night, and the injured were so numerous that doctors and surgeons set up a makeshift hospital in a nearby building. Rescuers found it difficult to make their way through the syrup to help the victims, and four days elapsed before they stopped searching. Many of the dead were so glazed over in molasses that they were hard to recognize. Other victims were swept into Boston Harbor and were found three to four months after the disaster. This is crazy. Yeah, this is insane. In the wake of the accident, 119 residents 
brought a class action lawsuit against the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, USIA, which had bought Purity Distilling in 1970. It was one of the first class action suits in Massachusetts and is considered a milestone in paving the way for modern corporate regulation. The company claimed that the tank had been blown up by anarchists. (laughs) Because some of the alcohol produced was to be used in making munitions. But a court-appointed auditor found USIA responsible after three years of hearings, and the company ultimately paid out $628,000 in damages, $10.6 million in 2022 adjusted for inflation. Relatives of those killed reportedly received around $7,000 per victim, equivalent to $118,000 in 2022. Obviously, I don't find anything funny about the disaster itself, but for some reason, thinking about a class action lawsuit in 1919 is very funny to me. Why? I think I just, I don't think of that era of America as like having class action lawsuits. I have nothing to back that up factually. Well, Um, you do actually. It said it was one of the first. (laughs) Well, it said it was... One of the first class action lawsuits in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't imagine that fact now. So, it was obviously a time where class action lawsuits were just getting started. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I don't know. It's just so, it feels so American capitalist to have a class action lawsuit in 1919. I would say the opposite of that. A class action lawsuit protects them from capitalism. It was against a corporation. That's true. That's true. I think there could be a further discussion on both ends, both of us being correct. (laughs) Cleanup. (laughs) Cleanup crews used salt water from a fireboat to wash away the molasses and sand to absorb it, and the harbor was brown with molasses until summer. The cleanup in the immediate area took weeks, with several hundred people contributing to the effort, and it took longer to clean the rest of greater Boston and its suburbs. Rescue workers, cleanup crews, and sightseers had tracked molasses through the streets and spread it to subway platforms, to the seats inside trains and streetcars, to pay telephone handsets into homes, and to countless other places. It was reported that, quote, everything that a Bostonian touched was sticky. And that's where we're going to end it for today. When we come back tomorrow, we'll start with the list of fatalities and go from there. Well, this is a crazy page. I'm glad we're reading it. So, see you tomorrow, everybody. This has been the Wikipedia page for Great Molasses Flood, Part 1 of 2. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten. Except for X, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your memories of learning about this. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.